is the podcast to the show. You can listen to or know. Welcome to our Ted Lasso talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Tedcast. We are going over Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 4. Big week today. Uh, this is Part 2 of what I think is going to be a four-parter. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We're thrilled to have you. Uh, we always love hearing from you. I I, I can't tell you how many uh, emails and and notes and, and messages and DMs and things we're getting from people who are enjoying the podcast it is exciting. Um, it's so nice to know that we have uh, kindred spirits out there. Uh, if you are, are coming in for the first time, uh, we are on part two. So if you want to hear the beginning uh, part of episode four, uh, Big Week, uh, you can jump into part one or just stay with us and, and backtrack if you have the type of brain that can handle that sort of uh, continuum. I do not, uh, but I always marvel at people who can. My name is Coach Castleton. I am your host, and with me as always is Coach Bishop. Enjoy the episode, or I start flicking balls. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that is it's not your typical coaching philosophy, Coach. No, but I'm trying it out. I'm trying it out. See if we no, like it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We're, we're migrating towards Bobby Knight all of a sudden. Um, and uh, and and with us uh, as always is our boss Emily Chambers. I feel like I didn't do a good enough job last time of justifying that Sassy was correct in her assessment of her relationship with Ted. And that will be something I follow up on this time. Because friends be fucking is not that bad of an idea. I'm really looking forward to that. All right, here we go. <laughs> that's, that's, that sounded really. <laughs> I was like, all Listen, right. I've, all right. You, you guys. You guys have had a mini love affair on this podcast for a while, but. Mini. Uh, <laughs> all right we pick it up um uh where we last last left off um isaac was checking to see if he had acquired the ability to chop things off in the locker room he tried tried this out on jamie's uh shoulder slash arm slash collarbone area and uh he had not in fact acquired the ability i think it's a byproduct of growing up in the marvel verse where um humans can magically <laughs> just get ability to chop <laughs> shit, I guess. I don't know. It seems wild that he went from, I touched a piece of paper that fell apart, ergo, I must be able to chop off arms. Seems like a bad idea to, to assume that. Paper is not it, that tough. Well, that's, that is right. That is true. That is true. Um, uh, until you get a paper cut from it, and then you go, this is the most, it's it's amazing how, how much a possible? stupid little paper, yeah. It's still it's disproportionate. It's, it's still not tough, it's just very sharp. I don't point. understand the difference between those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, we're, yes. we're going to take a break while um, while Boss explains words to me. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Uh, I, that's true. Um, I, I would, I, uh, yeah, no, no, Isaac, uh, listen, in Isaac's defense, he already has a legit superpower that we've seen with his sculpting, hair sculpting. This is true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. if mm-hmm. you are gifted in one way, I don't think it's that big of a, a, of a you know, jump to say, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe I can acquire additional skill sets, right? His cutting across the board is is impressive. 
Oh, that's true. He could think it's an expansion of the uh, cutting talent. That's a that's an interesting take. Oh, this this opens up all kinds of. Uh, see, boss, you're all right. God damn it! Um, this opens <laughs> up all kinds of possibilities as to what Isaac's uh, cutting based superhero uh, name might be. But I will um, I will say that I think we all love Isaac. Is that is that a oh. fair fair to say? And we love whenever we're in the Richmond locker room with Isaac. Is that fair also? Yeah. Yes. We're always generally good things, uh, whether it's it's sad or, uh, you know, there's some pathos to it. We've mm-hmm. en- enjoyed our time in the um, in the Richmond locker room. Is that is that a safe thing to say about all three hosts on this show? Yeah. Now I feel yeah, like you're really- leading me into a trap. So yeah, I want to me say too, no. I'm not, but- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Be- I, because I, if you if you say yes, I promise that I will get you to the place we need to be. Okay. Well, yes. I really have enjoyed yes being in the locker okay, room. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate that trust. Hey, God love you both. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the reason I say it is because we begin today's episode at a taste a taste of Athens in Tooting, where I would suggest that we've probably had significantly less enjoyment. Uh, mm-hmm. Over the course of this mm-hmm. show, yes, mm-hmm. never, never enjoyed an evening there. No, that's a shame because I am uh, of Greek ancestry. My mom is from the old country. Uh, I've mentioned her several times. She's a firecracker who uh, destroyed most of my childhood, um, and um, <laughs> left, <laughs> left me as the the damaged husk of a human being that you uh, have enjoyed today. Um, I. Uh, yeah, I always want uh, Greek restaurants to be portrayed in a certain way, and they're always portrayed not in that way. And I and I wince and shudder and then nod knowingly because that's actually tends to be more accurate. Um, the only thing I, I complained about with the first time we saw a taste of Athens was that I didn't buy the fact that um, Jade, who was the host, host. See, I always have a hard time saying hostess when we were talking about. Um, Sam's restaurant. I said waitress, and I'm like, yeah, waitress is the right term. But then you go like actor and actress, and mm. you don't say astronaut and astronautic astronautus, or you know. So I'm like, ah, I always no. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But you do say lady scientist. <laughs> <laughs> always the official title. Yeah, right. I stand corrected. Yes. Um, so oh, uh, Jade was the hostess, and I my issue was yeah, if that was a real. A Greek restaurant that would be whoever owns it's daughter and she'd be working 14 hours after school and then she'd start her homework at midnight and work till 3 a.m. and but because one of the main reasons as a Greek person that you have children is for the free labor um just, <laughs> just putting that out there this is a this is a cultural cultural phenomenon um now um we open from we're inside the taste of Athens and what do we see outside coach we see Nate walking toward the. Oh no, he's gonna walk away. He can't do it. He, no, he's gonna go to the rest. He's gonna. He's gonna walk away. Okay, he works up the nerve. He's definitely going in, and he's got <laughs> it. And he's got the personal momentum. And oh shit, he pulls the door the wrong way. All right, well, fine. He pulls it open now, and, and I get he kind of comes in. It's a little. It's a little old Nate-ish, uh of a moment, and uh, yeah. In Nate's defense, I'm pretty sure the door pulls out like that does seem like it should be a push-in door either my dry cleaner has a door that goes the wrong way and every time i walk into it i'm like that 
It should be the other way, guys. One of the things I liked was that when he gets up the nerve, he really is, he starts to move like that. Like it's almost like emotional inertia makes him go a little faster than he usually does. So that when he hits the door, it's a, it's a, it's a sound. It's not, it's not. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's not theoretical. You hear a thump, a thump. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It reminded me, and I don't, you know, since we're doing the, this is a show for Gen X. There was the far side uh, cartoon that every yes. college and every right, the school for geniuses, and then the guy pushing on the pull door. So yes. it, it just it, it this being a specific bit here for Nate uh, feels a little bit like that. I want you to know that you're. Uh, so I grew up in a family where my dad um, had his own factory. And when uh, I would go to, uh, I was on like a sports scholarship to private schools, but as soon as everybody would leave, um, uh, like I remember being at spring break and then everyone would be like, Oh, uh, where are you, where are you headed? And they'd be like, Oh, I'm going to Stad to go mm-hmm. skiing or like, mm-hmm. I'm we're, we're actually going to Hawaii. We're going, everyone had these amazing places. And I knew that as soon as time was out, uh, like as soon as I was out of the school, I would be working in the factory for my whatever, whatever vacation, every vacation. Right. Um, and, um, you know, it's sobering, but I have older brothers. And when you talk about the school for the gifted far side thing, I was like the quote unquote smart one because I went to you mm. know private school. But my brothers would never let me live it down. So that when I would go to the factory to work. There was that far side, that exact one you're talking about. It would say school for the gifted with the idiot pushing the wrong way on the pull door and my name across the top of wow. it. Wow. <laughs> I had oh. no idea about this. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah. That, that's wow. like a, that's a thing in our family. Um, uh, anyway, it, really great. So Nathan uh, walks into the door. Um, and he walks in and, whew, man, I can only imagine the prep work he had to do just to even get through that door. But, um, oh, and I'll also say, you know, boss says in Nathan's defense, and I I hope that you've noticed in the show doc, it doesn't say Nate for his entrances, for his uh, dialogue. Uh, what have I written there, boss? Nathan. Yeah, Nathan. Um, because I realized that was not intentional. It's because I'm so mad at him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I used to call mm-hmm. him Nate the Great. Mm-hmm. I'm so viscerally mm-hmm. angry with his behavior mm-hmm. and i'm still not over him saying colin is something that covers a blood stain um and as as we're in season three now it feels even worse knowing some of the things colin's been contending with yeah um where you go oh my god it's even worse than i thought and i hated it it was unforgivable when it happened to me just wherever my level of acceptability is right and now it's even worse knowing what i know um but there are so many old nate moments in this episode that it it is pretty fucking clear to me that there's a yellow brick road back to uh back to ted right yeah is that what Yeah, I mean, I definitely, and we'll we'll touch on several of them, but I definitely got the sense that we were, there was an active move to remind us that as deplorable as we find him now, we used to love this guy. So I do think that that's, um, yeah. Anyway, I think actually that disconnected another dot for me, but I do, I do, I agree with you. I'll add to that that this is, in some ways, the birthplace 
of Evil Nate. I mean, this is, you're sitting in the corner, spit on the bathroom mirror. He comes back out with this this D whatever, you know, D weak, D vulnerable, whatever, Nate, and we get the window. And that's really, so interestingly, he returns in as kind of old Nate-ish because really this is where new Nate was born. Wow. I, I got See, chills. That is such a great point, Coach. God yeah. damn it. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Wow. I didn't realize. Right. This is the birthplace. Holy yeah. shit. This See, was it because he, he tried the Rebecca thing and, and it, it was a work. big fail. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, boss. Yeah, no, sorry. no, 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 no. I actually, oddly enough, was almost thinking an opposite thing. And now I'm changing my mind about that. Because what hmm. I was thinking was um, the fact that Nate is still very much himself. In a lot of ways, in the ways that he interacts with Rupert, in the ways that he's still scrolling on his phone, in the way that he screws up getting into the Greek restaurant, but is still going back to the Greek restaurant, even though he doesn't need to be. Um, it, it always reminds me of wherever you go, there you are. Like, yes. There's this idea that people make life-changing decisions and then everything about them is different and actually... Everything about you is basically the same. You've just incorporated this new piece of information about yourself. Yep. Um, so I I think that this is the birth of where we get to see that other side of Nate. I feel like it's always been in him. And mm. so, it, yeah, like having that come out changes who he is, but not entirely. I, I, I yeah, that's that's yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, I like I, I like that, and I think. The choices he's making there. <laughs> you don't you don't um, care for that, Castleton? <laughs> no, no, no. I love. I'm, re- I'm mad because what are we like four minutes into this fucking podcast and you've both already made amazing points. There's a there's there's a line in um, L.A. Story where Steve Martin goes. Um, Usually, I don't like to hang out with uh, uh, impressive people. What does he say? Interesting people. Uh, usually I don't like to hang out with interesting people because then I become the idiot's version of interesting people, which is a show off. And and That's I'm funny. like – I'm feeling that pressure right now um, because I love the points you both have made. And I would say that like the point you make, boss, about you know wherever you are, wherever you go, there you are. You know, this was an understood phenomenon before the advent of social media, before people became brands and were able to – you know, curate the their outside. Uh, uh, you know, sort of the what what they, what people saw about them. They could curate that, and um, you would just automatically know. Okay, well, I went to school with this jerk, and I'm sure he's still a jerk. You know, wherever he is. But now it's like, oh, he's doing really well. My God, his wife is beautiful. Look at a huge house. He's rich. Like, wow, he must not be a jerk anymore. No, he's still a fucking jerk. Oh. He's just really good at curating his social media. That's I mean, it's like funny. I would say that one of my favorite things about human beings is that as soon as people were able to curate their brand and their image in that way, I think everybody stopped believing it a little bit. I have uh, friends who are lovely people. I adore both of them. But every weekend when they're like, we're antiquing in Michigan, I'm like, guys, can you make a fart joke, please? Like one. Can you show me just a (laughs) tiny bit of that your life is not all this perfect site? Don't buy it. I think I think it, their lives are pretty good, but I also think that they wake up with morning breath. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's yeah, that's well, that's well put. So um, Nate approaches Jade, 
Uh, ah, hello, Jade. Big smile. And Jade, uh, true to Jade form, uh, what sort of uh, general affect does her face have, boss? Nothing. No response. No, not even a blink. In the Ted Lasso universe, I I don't know if there's a character I I understand less than Jade. If that's possible, I'm trying to think if there's anybody. I feel like I understand George Cartrick more than I understand Jade. I understand we're going to meet the the manager Derek of the restaurant in this scene, and I understand Derek more than I understand Jade. And we meet Derek for eight seconds. So I I am uh, Jade is confounding to me, but. No, no reaction. Nathan, big smile. He says his name. Nathan. Nothing. Nothing from Jade. He says Shelly. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. We are now three interactions in with nary the glimmer of any form of recognition from Jade. But also, I have to throw this in because I know you're going to because and she deserves it. But. Just basic human behavior. If someone goes, Orlando, like, I'll at least be like, hey, man, sorry. Oh, you know, if I try to play it off, I'll be like, oh, you know, man, I, I know I recognize your face, but I'm, ha-, you know, he, she intentionally lets him dangle there. Like, it's not just that she doesn't recognize him. It is important to her that he understand that she doesn't recognize him. Yes. Although I think that that's intentional. Being a hostess and being the person that you in your mm-hmm. individual life, if somebody were like, hey, Orlando, you would assume, oh, they know me and want to say hello. You would not assume, oh, they want me to think that we know each other so that I will give them a better table because I feel guilty for not remembering uh, them. N- that's an interesting point. Okay. I see that. I, I, I want to make a. We, we always try to be very clear about this. Um, Jade is played by. Um, uh, an actor named Adita Budnick, and she kills it. She kills it. Like, oh, yeah. there's no uh, if if she ends up listening to this. Um, yeah, we we love you as Jade. We just don't like Jade. <laughs> or like, I shouldn't say we. <laughs> I just say like whatever. However, Jade is written, and and the the amount of restraint uh, you had to put on her character to turn her into a literal sociopath. Um, yeah, uh, g- good on you, but. I don't understand the Jade character. Um, I once, Coach, to your point, I once uh, had a reunion for school I went to. And, uh, okay, so that exact thing happened to me where I I walked in and then this guy came up to me, older guy, and bear hug. He ran across a room to hug me and almost picked me up right with my friends. Wow. And... I had no idea who he was. No idea. Wow. And, and, he, and he was saying, God, it hasn't been the same since you guys left. And it was 20 years later. <sighs> and, uh, and I went to therapy over it because I, I felt so bad. Oh, my God. That, like, I, I, because, I, because I found out who he was. He was the server. Um, I used to bring him presents and stuff. He was one of the guys um, who served your food at the in the lunch uh, thing, lunch guy. But he had gotten older and his hair color had sure, changed. Sure. And he used to have a mustache, and so, for some reason, I just didn't. I didn't put. What, yeah, it's, it's after, twenty years after, later, right after a couple after uh, I don't know a couple minutes, I it, it, some little you know kernel of it dawned on me, and I, and I was like, oh, and I and I 
But but the second he ran up, I gave him the biggest pop. I matched his energy. You know what I mean? Right. I would right. never be like, yeah, whatever. You know, I just don't have it. I wouldn't even know how to do because. But mm-hmm. even having forgotten the man uh, that 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 thing was, and and not being able to match his energy up front, like it still, I actually feel guilty even saying it out loud because I I felt so badly that I had wow. even even you know it ended up being fine. He was, and I, I, it turns out, even though I don't remember doing this, I used to give him all these little things and bring him fun stuff. And we had all these inside jokes. And I, I don't, rem- I don't remember any of it, but um, that's a, one of the benefits of ADHD, right coach? <laughs> Absolutely. <sighs> but anyway, yeah. So it's hard for me to, yeah. Anyway, sorry, boss. Fundamental difference between the two of us is that you ran into somebody who remembered you and you didn't remember him and it made you go to therapy. And when I was in high school, I introduced myself to the same person six or seven times because I couldn't, I tried to be very polite. I was like, Hey, hi, I'm Emily. It's very nice to meet you. And he was like, yeah, I'm Scott. We've done this five times before. Why can't you remember who I am? Swear to God that did happen. And I feel fine about it. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's on you, Scott. You should have said something memorable. He should have been more memorable. <laughs> it's your generic ass yeah, I, he, clip haircut. Get the fuck out of here, man. Absolutely. You absolutely nailed it. I don't know if it's because his name was Scott, and this is now two names on this podcast I have ridiculed, but yes, he I be more interesting, Scott. Wait, what was the other one? Was it Jamie? Oh, it was Luke. I was very mean to our producer, Luke. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah thanks for yeah, bringing right that up. It. Luckily, I'm a sociopath <laughs> and don't care. God damn it. Luke, Luke's, Luke's a Luke's a beaut. Trust me. I'm sure. I've known a couple I've known a couple Lukes and they've all been good. They've all been damn good. Yeah, I don't doubt yeah, it at all. Me. I think I only implied his name was boring because it wasn't Leia. So I'm sure he's wonderful. Oh yeah, that right. Yeah, there's there's that. Yeah. You know my whole Leia thing. Anyway, let's uh it's Ted Lasso, right? Yeah, okay. Bye Scott. So, Meet you soon. All right, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, smell you later. All right. So so Na- uh Nathan says, uh, lovely to see you again. And Jade says, Okay. And, uh, you know, you have to admire, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It reminds me of, there's this, there's this famous battle um, in, in the French and Indian war where um, the English were trying so hard to win this one impossible part of the battle that they sent all these Highlanders, like literally up ropes on the side of a mountain to be, to sl- be slaughtered and, and in no hope of, victory but it it motivated the troops and at this point uh, i was thinking after lovely to see you again and okay you just you just ask for your food you just go yep okay this is nope but like he he did that thing where he just sent 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 part of himself to the slaughter and he says uh sorry i've not been around much um not sorry but not no sorry i've not been around much and he blows out like you know i've been real busy and jade says what boss you haven't. Ouch. And he, and he said, no, no, I, I've been really busy with my new job. You know, big, big, big job. Just keeping me uh, very busy. Sounds silly. Maybe you should quit your big, new, busy job. Which, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what you're looking for, Nate, but it's not here. It's not going to happen, It's bro. not going to happen. And I think, uh, Castleton, you said before that you didn't, you understand Jade the least of any character on the show. I think she's supposed to s- represent the world outside of football. 
She doesn't know the footballers. She doesn't care. She maybe knows Zava. Like the closest that we've gotten mm-hmm. is is um, Michael or Sassy saying like, I don't actually know that. I don't know who Ted Lasso is. I just wanted to sleep with Marbo Man. Um, so I think that this is people who aren't at the pub uh, watching the game, watching the matches mm. is who she is. She doesn't fucking know Nate Shelley. She does not care. That's it. That is a fantastic point. Yeah. No, maybe that's it. Maybe that's all it is. She's like a normie in, in a world that's very insular and where you presuppose, Hey, I'm going to get the job at West Ham. I'm going to get one of the biggest jobs in the world. We always say in, in NFL football, there's 32 head coaching jobs on the, it's the best cushy. It's like the best gig in the world. And, um, 32 people get to do it. You know, it's just like the owner. There's 31 owners. Who, uh, uh, for the NFL, uh, teams, um, because Green Bay owns their, their team. Thank God. Love, love, love that. Um, but yeah, it's, if you can get I it, it's. I can't believe you would say you love something about Green Bay in front of me. <laughs> Someone called for Even, even you have to love the, 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 the Vox Populi owning a team where everyone else is a billionaire owning a team. Even you, I would think, would concede that. Yes, obviously I love communism and I think it's great, but I should say that one of the (laughs) nicest people I know, that like um, my very nice friend's very nice brother, who uh, the only time he's ever said a swear word in his entire life is when he was playing flag football in gym class in high school and he said, fuck because he missed a pass and that's like, otherwise he is so straight laced and kind and nice and considerate. And he ran a half marathon in green Bay and he brought with him a vial of his own urine. So he could dump it out onto Lambeau field when they ended the race, because that is how bears fans feel about the Packers. I kind of admire that. That is. Yes. Wow. And bear in mind, that, he ran that half marathon with a vial of pee on him. He had to keep yeah, it with no, him the whole way. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you like to that. You, you thought of it. You got yourself ready. You did it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Every time you talk about your personal life, I I feel troubled. Oh, it, you don't, <laughs> you're not caring for lot, the insights of, into my personal <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's like the anti oh. anti Nate moment. Yeah. Vials of urine, folks, and communism. All on the TEDcast this week. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, Nate has one of the best jobs uh, in, on the planet. Um, Coach, real quick, what year are we recording this? 2023. And give me the total number of black owners uh, of NFL teams. That would be, hold on. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, click, 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 click. Zero. Yeah, zero. Okay. Got it. Um, so Nate has an uh, amazing job. Uh, Jane, uh, Jade, not Jane. Oh, hey, what? Oh, hello. Mm. Didn't know, I never noticed that. Uh, 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 I'll, no, I'll nothing, have to wait nothing there. until we find a character named Ed and see what he's like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, Jade says, sounds silly. Maybe you should quit your big, new, busy job. Now, that's preposterous to him. He, he He's like, what? That, you know, obviously, it's the it's his... Uh, life's calling. Um, I think it's prophetic in the same way Tish is prophetic. I think that means because it's Ted Lasso, he will either. I always thought Rupert was going to fire him, um, mm. but um, but maybe he will just say take this job and shove it, which would which would be pretty appealing to the Ted Lasso audience. I think. Anyway, 
Um, he says, anyway, I'm just here to pick up my takeaway. Um, I, I bought lunch for my whole staff. You know, I have a whole staff. Right. Right. Um, right. And apart from the trainers, because they eat like cows. And how does Jane, uh, Jane, how does Jade react to that, uh, coach? Uh, no response. Classic Jane. She's still giving him absolute zero. Like, not even a cute, ch- you know, like a, a throwaway chuckle at his obvious, you know, joke there. No, nothing. That's the thing about her. She's the only one that there's no, um, pressure, internal pressure from Jade to, to react like a human at all, like it, like basic uh, standards of of social behavior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she was born without him, um, and and she has no response to that. Boss, what does uh, Nate say to that? Sorry, that sounds a uh, no. They're lovely people. They're just vegetarians. That made me laugh just because it works, right? Like that he said they eat like cows, but. <laughs> it was not what I thought he meant by it. And the fact that he then felt the need, like, again, they're letting that old Nate peek through, right? Like, that was the equivalent of, like, oh, under pressure, he thought of musical lyrics. Like, oh. just, he's still in there somewhere. He's still in there somewhere, that Nate. Interesting, because what I thought of was uh, in the shoe room in season one in episode nine when rebecca and keely are talking in, in the boot room and he comes in and says oh ladies i did i mean i know girls love shoes yeah. but oh god that was right that was sexist, the and then sexist. He has to, yeah 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 he's so recognizing right away he said something that he probably shouldn't but also thinking something right away that maybe he shouldn't have and then only recovering after the fact uh okay nate, nate is not stupid so I don't know, try to hide, we have to like put a delineation there. Like he's not, he, he's pretty quick um, in many ways. And uh, obviously he's a tactician and he's proven that he's one of the finest. Again, he's got one of the be- best soccer jobs in the world. And, and generally the, the media who um, their job is to sort of rate, uh, performance of of new coaches, They're, they tend to be even more. There tends to be more scrutiny on new coaches are in love with Nate. Like, there's no. We haven't seen anything to this point where he's not the wonder kid and he's not a tactical powerhouse. And right, I mean mm-hmm. that that usually is. No, I'm not saying is st- so to um, psychoanalyze him way more than I should because I am not a clinician and he is not asking me to. I think Nate has a shit ton of intrusive thoughts that are telling him bad things about himself constantly. And that makes him think bad things about other people because when you don't feel good, you don't feel good about other people. So I think that this is just his own, not even a self-hatred, but literally thoughts he can't control affecting him and then they slip out. Hmm. That, that, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay, so um, I, I thought that was a clever line, actually. The lovely people are just vegetarians. I didn't know he was going to go that direction. I thought that was uh, actually winning. Um, now the manager comes out with the food, and his arms have the two big bags of food in them, and they just kind of drop to his side when he recognizes Nate. And he goes, no way. And then he sets the bags down, and he goes, what, boss? Look who's here. No fucking way. And he's just like really fired up. So 
the um the the recognition that Nate I think was hoping for from Jade he's now getting from Derek the manager's uh manager of uh Taste of Athens in Tooting shakes Nathan's hand um really excited to meet him and he turns to Jade and he says do you know who this is Mhm it's Jason Jelly <laughs> guys that's yeah, right that's on, right man. Jason Jelly uh, <laughs> that's so so brutal. And Nathan goes, uh, no, Nathan Shelley. Uh, the manager goes, that's right, Nathan Shelley, manager of West Ham United in my restaurant. Big week, my guy. Big fucking week. Now, this is interesting because I don't think this is what Nate was hoping for. He was hoping for um, Jade to be enamored with his bigness, but I don't think he was hoping for some fucking rando to chat him up about the game, considering he doesn't even talk to people that work for West Ham. Yes. And I think it's not Jade. It's like, take a look at me now. Right. And so there's none of that. There's none of that energy with Derek because he didn't have that issue with Derek. But I think, you know, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like he, he, he's back to, event see you thought i was nothing but now i'm a big something and and uh jade still doesn't care so i mean it's it's more of a miss than ever it struck me watching the scene i was like okay i i get it theoretically but why would nathan the the gaffer be picking up this lunch i mean he needs this so bad yes excellent point also that's crazy yeah. that, that he would be the one picking up lunch. Like, you know, it just, but he need, he needs to undo that moment. That's going to stick in his craw forever that she didn't treat him. Like he was a big deal and he needs her. Like she represents all of that. So it's very specific. So yeah, yeah I don't does, think he gives a damn right. that Derek gives him the love. D- does, does evil Nate even happen without Jade? Maybe not. You know, I mean, listen, this is what you look at, like, um, you know, incel movement and things like that. And and so much of it is, um, you know, young, confused men looking for some form of attachment. Um, and when they're rebuffed because they're a little bit off, like Nate, um, rather than, like, looking inside and trying to say, hey, you know, I want to. You need to improve, or I need to. Okay, that that you know, whatever. Being introspective about it, they they'll put it on the woman that rejected them, and then that becomes the baseline for political thought and uh, you know things like that. Where it's just like, oh, dude, it's just a. There's first of all plenty of fish in the sea, like Roy's card, but also, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's sometimes it's really hard. Uh, you focus on. We all focus on. The 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 uh, the human mind is designed to focus on the the defeats more than the victories. Um, so I, I would say yes to that, and I would say that your uh, your point and boss's point earlier really go together. Which is if you feel like shit in the first place about yourself, whether that's you know quote deserved or not, you know, then every loss becomes a referendum on you 
And the need to win is about some level of like validation, like, oh, well, maybe I'm not a complete piece of shit. And so that that to me, that explains a lot of like his almost like panicked checking of social media and his need for, you know, like it just he and we've seen him with his dad and all that. But like he thinks really poorly of himself, the real him, like the evil Nate is a character like we watched him create it. And so I think, yeah, he just feels like shit. And anytime the world tells him he's shit, it's, it's more of an affirmation of that than it is like, just like a garden variety insult. If he were a person who felt comfortable in his own skin, he would never, he could never honestly say, coach, I'm Nate. Why would I want to be anyone else? Like he wants to be lots of other people. Oh God. Yeah. 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 Great point. Great point. I'm not sure you realize how psychologically healthy that is. Um, right. Uh, you're right. And and listen, he is – something I was thinking about was he lost the Diamond Dogs. He lost his primary peer group. Um, he didn't – when he – the way he left, he didn't just lose Ted. He lost Beard. He lost Roy. He lost the players. He, he, is, he is a pariah. And we see him in the opening of this episode by, by himself. Nobody to bounce anything off of, no boys, no whatever. And now we're getting an insight into, okay, he decided that he said, I'm going to go to Taste of Athens and I'm going to go pick something up. And and whatever you think of Nate, he is looking for some semblance of connection. And however he played this out in his mind, it is not going that way right now. Right. Now, maybe Derek is sort of uh mirroring what he would hope that Jade would be but I correct uh, me if I'm wrong and tell me if you guys are with me on this I didn't think he liked it I didn't it didn't seem to me like Nathan liked the adulation from Derek at first like I think he's like oh I'm glad I was noticed in front of Jade now maybe she'll kind of whatever right. but then as it went on right. it felt more and more uh, uh I don't know, disconcerting so is that is that a fair thing to say uh boss or coach I thought, yeah, I, I, I thought he definitely, Derek would have been useful if it turned Jade. Now, I, we can go through the rest of the scene. I think it did turn Jade. I think Jade does the too cool for school thing. But there was a little moment, there's a little moment later that made me go, what was that about? But um, yeah, no, I think in his mind, he comes in, ooh, you're a star now. Um, Bismarcky, uh, who was referenced very early in season one, the, uh, another song of his was the vapors and the whole idea of the vapors were each of the guys in their crew talking about how, when they were broke and before they were rappers and before they were stars, you know, who turned them down. And, um, one of the lines at the end of the rhyme, at the end of a rhyme is like, Ooh, can I borrow a dollar? Ooh, you're a star now. So. That like he wanted that. Yes. He wanted he wanted Jade to catch the vapors and she just won't. Yeah. I, I'm rethinking through the scene, it feels like yes, all those things. I don't think that he's particularly thrilled that Derek cares who he is. I think it doesn't matter to him. It's not just that Jade is a woman, it's not just that Jade was the one that refused to acknowledge that he was important last time we were in the restaurant. It's also that once Nate decides which person's 
approval he needs. That's all that matters. So like the end of season two, when he was leaving, he said to Ted, you made me feel special and then you stopped paying attention to me. So all he really is doing with all this is trying to get Ted's attention back. I don't think he cares about Rupert's attention. And I think that this is similar. Jade was the one that hurt him. So he needs Jade to fix that. Ted is the one who he's actually doing all the coaching for. Yeah, no, you're right. So Derek says, you know, anything you need, you got it from one manager to another. And he looks over, you know, he's really pleased that, that uh, the West Ham manager is in his, his uh, restaurant. And we cut to uh, the response from good old Jason Jelly. <laughs> and he, he looks over at Jade and what does he say, coach? Well, it's not quite the same, but. And I thought I thought it was great because he's so um, invested in where he's going to end up in the hierarchy, just in like, you know, just where where does he belong? Is he the big dog or not? And all this kind of stuff. And the first here's someone who actually says, oh, you're a big deal. And that means you're beneath me. The only thing I want is the adoration of those who don't adore me. I want what I don't have. It's a very interesting... I mean, he's getting... like This guy is jumping up and down and giving him free food for his entire staff. And the first thing he does once he establishes that that's what's going on here is basically insult the guy. Yeah. Like, you're not... I mean, you're not... I mean, we're not really the same. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, it was very odd. I feel like we're obviously talking a lot about Nate. One, because he's a fascinating character. Two, because he's very important to the plot of the show. But one of the things that is always in the back of my mind is Nate is important this season in relation to how he interacts with Ted. Because this season is Ted's season. Last season was Nate's season. We saw him on the decline. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens this season is going to be about how Ted figures out the ways that he should have been interacting with Nate in the last season in order to become a better coach and better person. It, it doesn't feel like Nate's development then is beside the point, but it's more analytical to me than a emotional. I am more invested in Ted's journey than I am in Nate's because like whatever Nate's going to do, I if he is saved, it's going to be because Ted gets better and not because Nate does. Uh huh. I think I think Nate would have to get better though to be quote unquote saved though, right? He would need to. It's it's uh it feels secondary to me, is I guess what I'm saying. If yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm with you. Here's one thing I really noticed. Um I loved uh episode two and three of season three. I've been really, really high yeah. on these episodes and there was no Nate in them. There was no Nate in them. Yeah. And, and that, that was something I was like, oh, okay, that's, I don't, I don't, I want this fucking asshole gone. I just want to like, leave me the fuck alone. I don't <laughs> want you in my, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just, now, now we're going to have his redemption arc kind of uh, wedged into Ted's season. And when they sort of, you know, Make him a, a likable fuddy-duddy walking into the thing and then getting shot down. Everybody can understand the pain of that. Um, but they're careful. This is uh, written by the inestimable uh, Brett Goldstein. I don't know if you guys know him. He plays uh, Roy Kent in the show Ted Lasso. 
Um, mm. What did he, you say his uh, name was? Have you, heard, have you heard of him? He uh, goes from being someone you can empathize with where you go, oh, ouch. Yeah, that, that sucks to walk into the door. Sucks to try to, you know, get a little uh, fish for a compliment from Jade or whatever and not get it. Uh, and then... Then he he's so quick to just be still a fucking knob and and a and a jerk, and Jade is just watching him, and that does not land for her. And it they shot it really well and edited it really well, where it didn't seem like Derek heard it or took it to heart or you know whatever, because Derek just laughs, um, and he says, "Facing your old team this week, it's got to be hardcore, right?" And Nate goes, mm. and Derek says, "I mean, you talked a lot of shit about him in the press, didn't you? I loved it." I I um, now I loved that. Like I thought the Derek thing was it was fine, it was fun, it was energy, whatever. But when he said that, I was like, Yeah, now now this scene matters to me. Because Derek can like it. Derek is a spectator. Derek is basically watching, you know, the sports version, which ESPN does and people don't call out nearly enough, is just the sports version of reality TV. It's just real housewives, right? But he and he's enjoying that part. But now Nate has to deal with the fact that he's an actual human being who did what he did to other human beings and said what he said about other human beings. Like, it's not actually just some entertainment that, you know, fills the day in Nate's life. So I, I, I like that, that 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 definitely gave Nate some other shit to think about in this room than uh whether or not Jade was impressed by his job. I uh, love that coach. And um, let me ask you a question. Uh, we know Adina Budnick, who plays Jade, is pretty. She's pretty, objectively a, a attractive person. Mm-hmm. Is Jade pretty? I, I think she's pretty. I just don't think... You know what? Actually, I will make this distinction. I made it for someone else uh, recently. Um, I make a pretty big distinction uh, when talking about women, so I should probably look at that one, but between pretty and beautiful. And Jade is pretty, but I don't find her beautiful. Like, to me, beauty has a depth to it, and it has more to it. And yes, there's there's an attractive piece, but it's attractive including the physical, not um, exclusively because of the physical. And to me, like you said, like, I'm sure if we got out, you know, a tape measure, you know, her face is pretty balanced and all the things that we know that scientifically make us go, oh, that's pretty. But um, yeah, I wouldn't. And like my reaction to that would be like, okay, cool. She's pretty. You know, I didn't mean to give you so much consternation. Um, I feel badly now. I think I think she's really pretty. I just think she's pretty. Objectively, I think she's a she's pretty. What do you think? What do you think, boss? Is she is she attractive? I think I'm way more into bitchy women than you guys are because I don't have a problem with Jade at all. I don't even have a problem with her being. I think that. So what I should say is, uh, yes, I do think she's attractive. I don't even find her treatment of Nate to make her less attractive. I'm kind of like, yeah, I girl, I got you. I'm I'm not yeah, actually I'm homing in on the point. I like that. Um here's here's the point I would make. And and I and I rave a lot about uh Juliana, my better half, who I say is like the wolf in pulp fiction. She can just parachute mm-hmm. into any mm-hmm. situation and immediately figure out 
uh, everything. And she sometimes has a hard time watching Ted Lasso because she she will audibly sigh <laughs> because she can see that people are are trying to solve symptoms rather than the, the core issues. And this is part of that. And I go, oh, my God. Like, what is – if we talk about the origin story of Nate, of evil Nate, like, what is the thing he thinks he's trying to solve when he walks in here? Huh. I would say the problem he's trying to solve is he tried to make himself better in a different way before, and it didn't work. And so now he's going to try to make himself better in another different way and see if that works. So, like, last time he took the uh, advice that Keely and – Rebecca gave him and he tried to make himself big and he tried to, you know, be confident in himself with her and make her understand that he was a person of substance and it didn't work. And so now he's coming back again. He already did the spinning thing. Now he's going to come back as I am a person of substance. I am the manager of West Ham. You are going to be impressed with me. And she still isn't. Who? Who? Okay. Oh, Jake. 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 Yes. Right. He's, he is trying to solve some dynamic between him and Jade. Right. Um, and also notice, it's not like he spat on the street before he walked in. Okay, so he's coming in as real Nate. Um, and now the manager has said, anything you want, you can have. And what he doesn't say, and this is what Juliana would probably, she has not watched this episode yet because she's still working up to, she hasn't watched any of season three. For some reason she can't, she's like, needs to build up some, I don't know what it is, but um, uh I uh, I was thinking, okay, you got slighted by Jade. You asked nicely for the thing. You said, my dad, this is my dad's favorite restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, can I just book that that table? And Jade was like, no, fuck you. And then, all right, you, you accepted that. Then you came back and the table was free and she still didn't give it to you. Even after you had... You know, there was an appellation there. She, you, you had, you, you had uh, uh, explained the situation thoroughly. Now, maybe she didn't remember. Maybe she gets so many people asking for the, the, the table in the Taste of Athens that um, she didn't remember him. I didn't think that. I thought no. she just was sucking, um, and she was kind of power tripping him. Like, no, we don't do that or whatever. Now, the manager has said, "You can have anything you want." I love that. There's a a siren behind me right now because I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a siren moment for, for Nate. Holy shit. Wait, is that a, I, I just assumed that it was uh, outside of my headphones and I assumed that was me. I'm so used to assuming no. I'm sirens. Awesome. Love that. Yeah, no LA shit going down in LA, but, but um, he could be like to the manager, he'd say, you know what? Gotta be honest with you. I, I you know, I was a nobody. And we came in here and my dad, this is my dad's favorite restaurant. And I got big timed by this person here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I told her the situation and she still didn't give me the table. And it kind of ruined the day and it turned me into a um, evil supervillain. <laughs> um, you know, Derek, like if you had a better policy about the front table, maybe you could reserve it online. But then he would tackle the issue. No, no. But here's the thing. And and I think this is really important. I'm glad you brought up incels. I'm glad, like, cause this, it's a certain brand of energy. Nate's problem is not that Jade does this. Nate's problem is that Jade did this to him. He wants it to be done to other people. He just wants to be in the exclusive group. Yeah. And it's the difference between it's it's a it's a 
conversation I've gotten myself in trouble with more than one black man online. <laughs> and here's how. Here's how. Because when I run into black men who, when on the topic of race, they can get to a level of nuance that makes you go, I'm sorry, where'd you get your PhD? And then when you bring up gender, when you bring up sexuality, when you bring up any of this, they become Neanderthals. I'm like, so you don't want justice. You just want to be in on the patriarchy. That's all you want. See, I want justice. That's why we keep departing as soon as we leave the topic of race. I, I mean, I, hey, I want justice. That's just me. I, I know maybe it sounds crazy. I, I'm for everybody. But if that's not what you want, you know, yeah. good luck. But I think that's, I don't think Nate feels like this should be a more egalitarian system. He just thinks, Jade, I want you to know now that I'm the kind of person. Like, you thought if Roy Kent ever wanted a table, he could have a table? No, if Nate Shelley wants a table. And he needs her to understand that. I think that's the validation he wants. Because he wants to see himself that way. But he's still just a little boy who wants his father to say, I'm proud of you, son. It's so sad, isn't it? Oh, my God. I know. It It is genuinely sad. It sucks because he's such a prick, but it's genuinely sad. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. So, um, Nathan's By the way, I, and this is a true statement, and then let's move on. Uh, I am actually starting EMDR today. Not kidding. Actually, serious. And, oh. And, and um, I think that, uh, Nate, like, Nate, you need to to think about all the times you felt small and rejected. And you got to work on that, brother. Because life's always going to... Nate could become... They could name the football, European Football Hall of Fame after Nate. And the saddest part is he's going to still feel like this. And this work I do with people every day, believe me, I'm telling you, if you get your what and not your why, that emotional experience, he wants to feel like a big man, he'll be crushed forever. forever. He could win... Premier Cups, he can do anything he wants. He's always going to want Jade, the Jade of the moment, to, rem- to, to, to let him know that he's actually a big fucking deal. Uh, for those of you who don't know what uh, EMDR is and think it's just a, the cool name of an electronica band from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> oh, so I was thinking of the wrong thing. Okay. <laughs> it is eye movement desens- desensitization and reprocessing. Um, and coach, uh, yeah, I- I'm here for you, brother. If you, uh, y- the friend that I was talking about who likes to talk to um, our friend who likes to talk to telemarketers and tries to get them to, he, he, his goal is to, t- he wants them to, and he's done it before. That's the scary thing. Um, he wants to get their social security number. <laughs> so. <laughs> He's, a, he's oh the my Stan- God. He's oh, the Stanford Jesus. grad who's just off the deep. He's so, uh, but he's not rude or he's not um, uh, Dr. Oh, no. Jacob about it. He's he's just always like, hey, hi, yeah, where are you calling me from? Oh, that sounds cool. T- tell me, like, what are the people, it, it, how he does it? You just go, oh my God. He's, anyway, um, uh, yeah, th- someone in his family did EMDR and it was, it was no fucking joke, the fallout. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. But anyway, but Nate oh, needs like my, fo- major my phone work. is on, Coach. Yeah, and also yeah, yeah. I appreciate good, that. Thank you. Good for you for doing that. Thanks, yeah. I appreciate it. I'm I'm really looking forward to it, actually. 
I will yeah, say. I'm glad you're doing something because I meant to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, obviously. It's been rough. Yeah. He's he's obviously the one on this call that needs all the therapy. No. <laughs> Come on. Um, I, I, I will say, though, to your point, Bishop, about hey, gathering up all those moments and, and, you know, figuring out a way of feeling validated that doesn't require outside validation. Um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close is the book by uh, Jonathan Safran Foyer. Um, in part, among other things, it talks about 9-11. It made it into a movie that I refuse to watch because I don't want to know what the kid is actually like in real life. I want to imagine him as I like him. But there's a line in the book where he says, um, I'd experienced joy, but not nearly enough. Could there be enough? The end of suffering doesn't justify the suffering. So there is no end to the suffering. Which is a lot, which is a fucking lot. It's a lot to put in a book, Jonathan. Uh, but it's also <laughs> a, like a mindset in life that because bad things happened, there's no way of getting over it until you stop feeling bad about the bad thing that happened. Like you have to accept yes. that bad things happened and then move on from that or else you never yes. get over feeling bad about it. Yes. I recently told a friend and I, actually in all of this, I said what I'm working on. And frankly, I was telling the person what you might want to work on is being able to remember something without reliving it. Yes. Yeah. And and that's yeah. So I, I've mentioned that before. I, can, I literally can't do that. I, I, I that's what yeah, I, yeah. I, I, lo- I love. I yeah, love. We that. have talked I, about I, that. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't have. The, there's a couple of things where I start to th- even now. I'm starting to kind of let mm-hmm. them, and I can mm-hmm. feel the heat of my skin change. Yeah, um, no, it's a real. So thing. maybe that's my superpower. Isaac can cut shit in half, and I can. <laughs> I'm an, an amazing eating man. That's. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of uh, of uh, holding on to suffering, um, uh, Nate is standing there while Derek says, you talked a lot of shit about him in the press, didn't you? I loved it. And Nate says to Jade, sorry, can I pay? He's trying to, he's, now he's like, get me the fuck out of here. Um, and Derek says, no, 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 this is on me. On me, understand? He turns to Jade. He says, this money's, this man's money is no good here. Uh, and then he laughs and he hands the bags to Nate. Um, that's just good managering. You know, that's just like, that's, mm-hmm. that's just good. That's mm-hmm. he's more likely to come back. And if you got a premier league team and players coming back to tooting, like of all places, like that's right. a, right. yeah, that's a coup for him. Um, So I don't fault him that. I think that's just, uh, I mean, obviously uh, for anyone who's, who's uh, read the Iliad, uh, beware of Greeks bearing gifts is a uh, prominent uh, saying, but um uh, I don't believe he's Odysseus in this particular scenario. He says to Jade, never charge. And then he goes, except for booze, got to charge for booze. I laughed at that because I've worked (laughs) as a bartender and I I 100% get where like you could sink my restaurant if I don't make this distinction. Like seriously. So I was like, no, no, I get you, Derek. Like it sounded funny, but I was like, no, he, he is right to make that distinction. Yeah, it shows you where the margins are too. Um, and what, is, what does Nate say uh, in, in response to that, uh, boss? I didn't order any booze. It's 1230. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice thing to say. So Derek laughs and yells, knock him dead. And then he, and Nate goes, mm. And then Derek puts both arms over his head in victory and screams, go hammers! 
and Nate like physically jumps. Um, and Derek claps and he points and laughs as he walks away. Um, I don't know if Derek is, I think Derek is getting the feeling from Nate that he's too much. Uh, I think, but sometimes when you're someone who's too much, you don't read too much as mm-hmm, well. So I couldn't mm-hmm. tell, I can tell what Derek caught and what he didn't caught about, uh, didn't caught. Well, I didn't caught. Um, I couldn't tell. What he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tune in for all the smartness. Um, what he didn't catch, uh, where he says, uh, you know, did he, did he, did he get that Nate was sort of, you know, had enough of him or, or, you know, did he catch the line about managers not being the same or it's 1230? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell how, wh- what Derek was. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so how much did Derek pick up that Nate was treating Derek the way that Jade treated Nate? Right. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell. And, and, and when Derek goes away, he just goes to a random two top uh, in the hallway kind of thing in the back of the restaurant, you know, there's like a little hall. It's so funny. I love that. I don't know if you noticed that coach, but, uh, wait, either one of you ever wait tables. I did catering in college. So sort of. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny to me. Like it it doesn't surprise me when you have a little, you know, you're you're dealing with square footage and you're like, God, if we could just get a couple more tables in here. And that is definitely a walkway. That they threw a little, little two top on, like a two seater table. Or I'm like, yeah, like it'll get one more body in here. You know what I mean? Because you got little restaurants, man. Restaurants, tough business. I remember um, uh, in in um, uh, Midnight Run, an amazing movie uh, with uh, De Niro and Charles Grodin. Um, there's this little scene where Charles Grodin says to uh, the Jack character, the De Niro character, he's like, you know, when you turn me in, how are you going to? How are you going to spend that money? And De Niro says, well, I mean, you know, I don't want to have, have to tell you, but I'll tell you, whatever, I'm going to open a little coffee shop. And he says, you know, a restaurant is a very tricky proposition. If I was if I was your your accountant and, and uh, De Niro's like, you're not my accountant. Yeah, well, I know, I know. If I, I'm not, I know I'm not your accountant. I'm aware of that. I'm saying if I was your accountant, I would say, you know, most of them go under right away. So anyway, it's a tiny side note, but I thought, okay, you know, they, they tuck this extra, extra table in there and then Derek just pops over to the people sitting there and he's like you know who that is like he's pointing and Nate uh actually nods like you know notices this you know who this is um and then Derek kind of is gone in the back he kind of turns and he's and he vanishes and there's this beat uh with Nate and Jade and um a lot of chatter here, boss, in this final, uh, just Jade finally go, oh, thank God. Like, I was wondering who you are. Um, are you available for drinks later? Is that what happens with Jade there? Obviously. No. Uh, Nate stares at her, and Jade doesn't say anything. And Nate says, okay, bye. And Jade turns away. Right before then, Nate does, in fact, bump into the door a- again on his way out because he still can't figure it out. Kind of looks back at Jade. Still not saying anything. And then she's gone. Okay, great. So we're first through the very first uh, scene of the episode. Um, good job. Good job, team. Uh, we cut- <laughs> it's, a, it's a big one because it's Nate and we yeah, haven't seen Nate really this on. season. 
and you wonder how they are going to present him. You know, you wonder like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. The, the writing staff had to had to know this and had to think about this, and how are they going to? You know, they made a choice earlier when we had the tiny glimpse where someone said "Good morning, Coach Shelley," and he ignored ignored uh, the, uh, the woman who was saying hello on the es- escalator. So you're like, okay, what version of Nate is he fully gone? You know, is he is he or or in in the Darth Vader uh, uh, persona, is Anakin still hiding uh, somewhere on the inside? Um, again, bravo to Nick Muhammad, who is a you know preposterously good actor for for pulling off all this nuance and subtlety of uh, Jason Jelly. Um, we cut to the Richmond Field, and we very rarely get. Uh, weird interstitial establishing shots like this, but there's a dude who I don't, I can't place uh, maybe on the staff in a Richmond outfit, picking up these little pylon pylons off the field. It's just like a tra- transition shot. And sometimes you need that. It's the worst when you're editing something and you actually need it. You're like, fuck. And you're like, all right, at least we have footage. Like at least somebody shot some fucking B roll that we can throw in there. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> you know, thank God for, <clears throat> for that second unit. Um, but uh, it's uh, whatever they're establishing. We're back at Richmond, you know, uh, without saying it. Uh, we uh, we hear the voice of who, boss? Walk us through this. So we hear somebody say, "And cut, lovely Colin, thank you, Shandy, doing the ads for banter with." Uh, all of the single players on the team. We were reminded in one of the last uh, scenes that Sam is not going to be doing it, but the others will be. Interesting that Colin does it, even though Colin has a boyfriend. So not single, but not openly coupled. And yeah. therefore has to do yeah. this. Yeah. We actually don't see what Colin said because his shoot is over. He gets up and leaves. Uh, Shandy says, okay, Danny, you're up. Danny says, I'm very nervous. And Shandy says, oh, don't be nervous. Just sit here, look right at the camera, and pretend you're talking to an old friend. Then he says, my oldest friend is Javier. And she says, great. And how long have you known Javier? And he says, only a couple of months, but he turns 108 years old next week. Perfect. Perfect, it's Danny. So good. It's so Perfect. Good. <laughs> that is a joke. Like, like it's funny. <laughs> because it's just... A joke, like it is. Yeah, uh, a like, joke. And, and, and when I say it that way, I folks, you know, don't know me. That is a true, just a statement of pure admiration. Like I was like, that you know, you set up a premise. You know, I've got mm-hmm. a friend who's so old. How old? You know, how old? Is, like it's just like a very classic. Anyway, that was just tight and perfect. And and Shandy's reaction, I thought, was great because there's this pause where she could clarify like oh you misunderstood me and she realizes yes. no i one it doesn't matter two i don't care three i don't want to have any more conversation right now like yeah. you can see the whole thing happen so i just thought it was great yeah i do love any time that i am responding to a work email there's often times where i read one paragraph and i'm like i I can't get into all that right now. And then I just ignore it and move on. Whatever that info was, I can't process it. Let's just keep moving. I was just thinking about what a, uh, I just, Crystal Fernandez as Danny Rojas, uh, Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas. Hello coaches. Good morning. Like whatever football is life. Um, 
uh, they talk about it, how it, the ball hit him in the face, and then there's that beat, and he goes, "But my face almost scored." Right. You know, right, like all right, all these right, moments, right, where right. he just kills it, and you go, "Oh my god!" These iconic roles, where where you go, where it feels like, man, these are the only people in the world. Maybe maybe one of our episodes in the future, we'll do a fan casting where we'll force each other to pick known existing actors for the current Ted Lasso roles and then feel the pain, you know, cause like, who are you going to put as Roy Kent? Who are you going to put as Keely Jones? I mean, some of these are so right. Sam Obasanya. Who are you going to, who are you going to put in there? I mean, Tay Diggs as Sam Obasanya. (laughs) Yeah, really? Right. What what are you, what are you going to, who do you know that you can pull that off? You know what? Toei Jimo's pulled. You just go, all right. It's just it's sort of amazing the cast. We don't talk enough about the casting, but you just like it's legendary. Um, so yeah, uh, Danny says, um, uh, yeah, I'm only a couple months, but he turns 108 years old next week. Uh, okay, Shandy's a killer. First of all, Shandy's the director on set right now. She's the one yelling cut, mm-hmm. which makes her the director. Which oh that's yeah, a, no, that's, she's, that's yeah. a no joke kind of position. She's yeah. not just a client relations coordinator. No, she's running the shoot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, "Damn!" And yeah. she's doing a fucking killer job. She, I noticed, like, she, this, this is this. I noticed this a little, little further. But she's getting everything in one. Like, she's getting it more in one than yeah. Clint Eastwood used to get. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, yeah. That's a good there point. Are these famous for those who don't know. There are these famous stories about Clint Eastwood, uh, or he'd run. You'd have a rehearsal on set, and. And he was not a. Um, I, I'm from this school. Uh, I think, Coach, you are too. We don't like a lot of uh, bluster around yelling action. Sometimes people will, will let their uh, AD do it. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. Coach, my, my AD, up. yeah, my AD did uh, action and cut for me. Yeah. Yeah, and and we we're from the school of thought where you're not yelling. Uh, you know, adjustments to actors on set. You're talking to them. Pri- yeah, all that shit. So. Um, Clint Eastwood, uh, is, is famously known for, uh, and, and listen, we, there are things you can take issue with Clint Eastwood <laughs> for, for sure. Um, but his, uh, behavior on set was legendary and he, he would, uh, like in the, in the craft services line, he would get in line with everybody else. He wouldn't like have his assistant get him food. You know, you just like, there, there are things that you can admire. Um, but he would often shoot the rehearsal. And so he'd be like, all right, let's rehearse. They'd start rehearsing, and he'd just wink at his at his <laughs> at his DP to, to roll, never say it, and people would do a great rehearsal, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, "All right, we got it, moving on." Moving oh yeah, on. yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. And people are like, "Wait, we haven't done it yet." And he's like, "Yeah, no, we got it, we got it, got it." And so Shandy here, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, Shandy's getting everything in one one take every time, and I'm like, "Damn!" Also, she doesn't bat a goddamn eye when. Danny, when she realizes what happens and Javier is not his oldest friend, it's his oldest friend. And Shandy goes, perfect. That's it. And she goes, she calls somebody in final checks. And Danny, sweetheart that he is, thanks the hair and makeup woman who is, gets to, gets to just sculpt his beautiful locks. Um, Shandy sits back in front of her monitor and we see behind her out of, in, in frame, um, that Keely is entering the double doors behind her. Uh, Shandy yells, scoot to your left a little bit. Yeah, that's it. Okay, off you go, Danny. Um, and then we see what they're shooting. It's an insert of Danny for this banter ad with his face, pix- face pixelated. Um, and what, is, uh, what does uh, Danny say in this ad, Coach? 
You may not know who I am, but I think the most beautiful parts of a woman are her flaws. I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. And cut, Shandy says. I loved that. Yeah. I love that. I always say, we have this thing in my family where the kids get worried if they get um, like any scratches or something, they get a little scar or something. And I'm always like, I love scars. I love, like, I just love them. I think they they give people, yeah, you know, funny. when you're building video Character. game characters, mm-hmm. one of the things they always do is they let you put a scar on your character's face. And I mm-hmm. always have like, a tiger scratch across half my cheek. I'm like, yeah, man, I've been somewhere. Um, but um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Our flaws. Boss? You know, just another shout out to a different band that I love. Uh, the Alkaline Trio from Chicago has a song with the line, and those stress cracks in the wood, how nicely they soak up the stain, which I've always loved. That That's great. Yeah, I love that lyric. Sorry. I had a different point, and then you hit me with that lyric, and I was like, oh, wow, damn. Um, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, but I think I wondered when this was said. We know Danny, right? But the line itself, I wondered, it, did it land at all for you like, a line. That was my question for boss. Like, yes, a little bit. I mean, that seemed like something I sort of imagined that uh, the guys got together beforehand and all decided what they would say. Yeah. Kind of like, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. It, a, a little to the, um, I've known like actual teams of guys like playing sports where they say like, okay, well, when we run out, I'm going to do this and then you could do that. And then that'll be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, In my best, my best bro voice. It's funny. There was an article recently in, in Vulture um, saying how, how to quote Leonard Cohen. And we had everybody knows from the last episode and the writer was like, yeah, you can quote everybody knows because people don't really know that song as much, but stop uh, quoting. There's a line from Leonard Cohen that says there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. He's like, stop quoting that. Stop referencing that. Okay. Everybody does it. Um, but, but that's a little bit like, uh, like the alkaline trio. Um, yeah. Good, good shout out for local bands, boss. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, local band, I should also say that they've been around for like 30 years. And if you're into the indie scene in Chicago, you love them. I'm not like promoting some up and coming bands. (laughs) Like they're, they're 50 now, I think so. But anyway, still love them. Even better, even better. Gen Xers. Um, Okay. So um, Shani says, cut the guys uh, on the bench are, you know, it's just a, it's a bunch of players. Um, you know, it's Paul, it's Tommy Winchester, Paul Reynolds, uh, Jamie is on the bench there waiting. Uh, Kukoc, who we never see, like we never see Kukoc, uh, one of the players. It, it, you guys might not even know who that is. You'll have to look it up online. Um, go to the antagonistblog.com. There's a picture of all the players there. Kyle McCracken and, and Mo Bumbercatch, they're all there, but they raised an appra- appraising eyebrow. Uh, Danny, like, hey, that's not bad. Even if it is a line, he delivered it well. Um, and for a guy that was nervous, man, just like Samson, the power of the hair uh, comes through. Um, and Keely has been watching uh, Shandy from behind without her knowing. Shandy says, thank you, Danny. Next. And Danny says, okay. He gets up. And now Keely makes her presence known. She pushes Shandy's headset off. And from behind without her seeing, and Shandy screams, and Keely laughs. She says, I brought you a coffee. Uh, how's it going? And Shandy said, this is great. They're great. I love being the boss. And 
Keely gives the coffee and they toast the coffees. Uh, Keely says, cheers to that. Um, and yeah, go ahead. Go sorry. ahead, boss. Or, 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 no, that was I'm me. Going, coach. Sorry. Co- sorry no, no, coach, it's sorry, all coach. good. All good. Um, I, there were a couple of things here I thought were great. One is, because you know I have this, you know, there's a Nathan Keeley paralleling whatever. I think this is Keeley doing what Nate is doing, but doing it from a true place of generosity and um, selflessness while we watch Nate buying all the... So you got a cup of coffee. And it is more a representation of her wanting to support her team than than Nate going out and getting that huge big meal because that was all about him and his ego getting served as he went to get it. So I thought I found that in particular very interesting that they put that right here. Yes, excellent point. I hadn't considered that, but who were the bosses buying things for? Actually, their mm-hmm. team or themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great point, Coach. So they toast coffees, and Shandy says, are you ready, Zaru? And Zaro says, oh, yeah, but actually, I actually go by Van Damme now. And again, I keep talking about Shandy. I'm not saying that Shandy's growing on me, because I kind of love her already. Um, but the thing I will I always point out is she just is unflappable. She's a, she's a killer. This guy goes, I changed my name. And All what right. does Shandy say? Okay, great action, Van Dam. <laughs> not, not. Wait, what do you mean? How do you mean? What the fuck? I don't give yeah. a fuck. Great. Are you, sorry, you can't do that because we already put you on the pro- nothing, nothing. Okay, great action, Van Dam. Can I? Uh, th- th- and this is definitely a sidestep, but I think, and and you know, I have the the organizational development thing too with this show. And I have a way of people evaluating their performance that's a balance between impact and influence. Impact being the effect you have on getting toward the goal. Influence being the uh, effect you have on relationships. And there's a way of looking at Ted Lasso in general and even some of the stuff that bothered you in uh, in season two, Coach, that is Ted being over-invested in the influence side. Right, which is why he has to be reminded that eight ties in a row, some people would view as broke. Shandy is the other pole, like like fully fully goal oriented and zero process oriented. Yeah, she's impact. Yeah, so like. I don't give a fuck why your name is Van Dam now. I don't give a fuck that Jamie's growing and maybe he saw some. Can I fuck him or not? Is the question I'm gonna have for you. Like she's just like all right. We need extras. It's not like well, do we want the the club to seem more full or blah blah blah. It's like if you want it to seem more crowded, do a strobe effect and have people walk by the camera next. Like she's just she. There's none of the other stuff. And I'll call you Babs if that's the faster shit to say. By the time you correct me, I am already down the hall going where the fuck I'm going. I don't give a fuck. Yes. And that's, also... That's a throwaway, yeah. I Go love ahead, that ahead, this scene made you think about, uh, you know, overall development and fostering that in people. And what it made me think of is the Adam Sandler movie, Big Daddy, where he allows his not really legally adopted son to name himself. And the kid comes up with Frankenstein. And he's just like, oh, you want to, your name is Frankenstein now? Great. You want to play in the puddle? Puddle it up. That's funny. 
Schmingus Dingus. Schmingus Dingus, yeah. Your name is Frankenstein now. Okay, action, Van Dam. You don't know who I am, but I'm looking for someone who likes short walks on the beach so we can spend more time, you know. The opposite of sexually. He doesn't need to throw it in. Island's top scorer. Um, so the guys laugh, uh, and then we have an insert of Van Dam raising an eyebrow, which doesn't even matter because it's going to be pixelated out, dummy. Um, stupid Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, and, uh, and then Shandy goes, and cut. Great. Thanks, Van Damme. Next. She's already, yes. Thank you, Van Damme, because that's who you are. I, I was wondering, I'm going, is she better at her job than Keely is at her job? Um, or is it different? Anyway, doesn't we don't need to, yeah. I don't want to get into that right now because I have to, uh, I'm, we're getting to the point where, where it's, it's crunch time for this. And I would love to get through two scenes. Oh, that's, <laughs> we'll try. We'll see. Um, so she, Shandy is, uh, uh, you know, moving right on. And now Mo goes, uh, this is Bumber Catch. He goes, Van Damme, uh, right as Zero goes to pick up his, his stuff. And he goes, yeah, it's my new name. And now we McCracken. I don't think McCracken's had a, Kyle McCracken is one of the players. I don't think he's had a line the whole time. He goes, oh, cool. Uh, why? And Zoro, now Van Damme, says, because I love Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Zava told me I should be whoever I want to be. I like that we watch a moment of curious, not judgmental, like right here yep. and now. Because it totally would fit into a locker room in a way that I probably would laugh at and be okay with for one of these guys to be like, well, shut up, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. Right? But no, it's like, I guess if that's yeah. you know, where you are in your journey, then Van Damme it is. Um, so yeah, yeah I thought that was there, well, cool. I was looking. I was looking to see if there was a knowing look between the two of them or like between Bumbercatch and McCracken behind his back. But Mo goes, uh, he goes, okay, cool. And McCracken goes, all right, Van Dam. And Van Dam says, all right, boys. And then he jets out and there was no reaction shot where anybody rolled their eyes or anything. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what I thought was, okay, there's a shelf life on Van Dam. He, he going to be Zorro the second Zava leaves that team. But, but we'll see. I, I, I'm interested to see how, you know what I mean? It's like uh, uh, Zava has empowered them to be Smingus Dingus while he is Mm -hmm. still Zava. But I'm curious if he gets Mm -hmm. injured, if he Mm -hmm. is down, uh, de-emphasized in the game plan. You know, Mm -hmm. will his will his sort of prevailing theories then remain? uh, You know, how how even someone like Van or you know uh, Zorro. Uh, sees himself and and refers to himself. So um, Jamie is in the in the frame, and he's kind of cleaning his teeth and getting ready for his his little bit. And Shandy and Keely are, are looking at him in in frame. Um, he is a very very handsome man. Uh, and Shandy says, uh, "What boss? He's so fucking hot." <laughs> and then a right. beat and Keely. Yeah, Keely laughs and, and and Shandy says, "What's his story?" And Keely's response is, "Jamie, oh, he's so cocky, but I guess you have to be at this level. He only thinks about himself. Mm, at least he used to, but he's not accountable for his actions and what they do to others. Except, he's getting better at making apologies. Still, he only thinks with his dick." Right. And in, in frame, uh, Jamie flashes this big smile and, and he is he's a beautiful man. Uh, and, and Keely says. And yet 
Yeah, I don't think I've seen him with anyone in ages. To, to which Shandy looks at Keeley, and what does Shandy say, uh, 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 Coach? I just want to know if I can bang him, babe. Right, which is, <laughs> which is, I think, so Keely's a little taken aback by that, and she goes, mm-hmm. oh, uh, I don't know, we should probably ask him, it's his dick. And Shandy, cool. that's enough of a green, that's a green light for Shandy, yeah, right? she's got it from here. Yep. Yep. So she says, cool. Uh, off you go, Jamie. She has him uh, do his thing. And um, then we are out of this particular scene, leaving that taste in our mouth with the lurking possibility of um, Shandy and Jamie. Now, that means that in the last scene that we saw Shandy approach Jamie at Sam's restaurant, he did not go home with Shandy. Right. But I think we kind of knew that because Roy showed up that morning and uh, Jamie was alone in bed. Yes. You know. Obviously. Uh, what did what, what, what we, we learn that? What was the vocabulary word we learned? Was it shirt cocking? It is shirt cocking. That is correct. There we go. Yeah. So that's that's vocabulary right there. If your kids are taking yeah. the SAT, you might want to jot that down. <laughs> This, this is this is a educational uh, show. Hell here, yeah! Mm-hmm. If you um, you can still see Morgan Freeman on Electric Company. Sure. Oh my god. Ka. King. <laughs> sure. Ka. King. I can picture that. See, I wish we, this I wish we had more of a budget, and I would actually make that happen. I, I fucking see, love that. See, this is the uh, there's the uh, the the meme, the internet meme, where uh, it says. It's a picture of Morgan Freeman, and the text above it says, uh, there are some people whose voices are so iconic that anytime you read anything near them, you have to imagine it in their voice. Titty sprinkles. And then you have to imagine Morgan Freeman. And now you're imagining it, right? Yeah, because of course you are. Titty sprinkles. I can hear perfect. I can hear perfect. (laughs) Uh, Coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? We Align is our online community for Align Performance, the coaching practice. So that's wealign.alignp.com. On Instagram, at BK2LA. That's Brooklyn2LA, the number two. And you can catch me on Facebook by my full name, Orlando Bishop, or Align Performance also on Facebook. So let's connect. Boss, where do people find you? Uh, Still Twittering away at Dumbly Chambers. Like Emily, and I'm dumb. Uh, also writing at to the Antagonist blog at antagonistblog.com. Hell, if it were up to me, I'd call you Smartly Chambers. <laughs> oh, um, if only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should put more of the of the things of your life in my hands, boss. I think that's the uh, that's a winning proposition. Uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Just put it. Just just think about it. That's all I'm saying. Um. Please, uh, everyone, thank you so much for uh, for supporting us and for listening and for taking this journey with us. We are more process-oriented than goal-oriented, obviously. Um, and uh, we we love, 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 love the support and the kindness. And um, uh, it's so cool to have you with us as we explore this, what I think might be the final season of Ted Lasso. But we, I guess that has not been confirmed anywhere, right? Oh, really? I thought that was a done deal. It's three seasons and that be it. I 
if you were Apple TV Plus, would you uh, would you be down with that? Would you I be understand. Like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what they do. I, I, yes. The business side of me goes. Seems to me we've got ten seasons to make. Um, but I, I kind of feel like some of the magic is it's gonna be what it is. There's a story. We're gonna tell it to you, and then we're gonna go. Um, so I'll be curious. I'm, I'm cu- I'll be curious if they decide to amend the plan. Well, whatever happens, we are going to be with you the whole way, and uh, we thank you for sticking with us. Uh, please um, support your local libraries, donate books, uh, go to bake sales, help, <laughs> help, help libraries, folks. It's a big passion of mine. Um, when you, whenever I go to a new city, the first thing I do, much to my children's chagrin, is I go visit the library and go find, like, oh, this is cool. And I take pictures and I talk to the librarians. And I just think libraries uh, are the greatest place on earth. Um, and uh, when I was little, movies were called books. Oh, what did they say? Uh, yeah, Peter Falk in, uh, in Princess Bride. So, um, yeah, TV was called books. So, um, yeah, support your local libraries and also visit us at pajaba.com and antagonistblog.com. We will uh, pick up with part three next time. But until then, we are Richmond till we die. <laughs> Why are you slowing it down so much? I don't much? know. Just I, have say I think it, we're trying to it. catch each other. I think uh, we're yeah. both wanting to not be the wrong one. All right. It's so much pressure, Coach I'm Castleton. Turn off this. This I don't like this uh, bullshit experiment anymore. <laughs> now we're gonna. We're just, I don't like All right, it. one more. You gotta toss it to it. us. All right, toss it. Toss it to us. Let's do it again. We're yeah. going Damn for it. it Emily. One, Let's two, go. three. Well, folks, that's all for the TedCast. Uh, until next time, we are Richmond, Richmond till, till we, we die. die. We'll see you next time. Thanks. (laughs) The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and The Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.